the circle. A round, planed figure whose boundary consists of points equidistant from a fixed point. Circles, unlike every other shape, are not linear. There's no corner, no edge, no beginning or ending to mark where one line ends and another one begins. The circle shape is used to represent so many different things in life. Spirituality, the life cycle, equality. But have you ever thought about it in terms of boundaries? Most of you have probably heard the term circle of friends. Those people are usually a group of close friends that do things together as a group, whether it's work, socially, church events, or otherwise. Some people's circles are very wide, including tons of different people with which they relate in many different settings. And some people's circles are very small. Whether your circle is large or small, or, as I will soon talk about, if you have numerous circles, it's really less about how large your circle is and more about who's in it. Former NFL quarterback Robert Griffin III, affectionately known by most as RG3, said this, It's not about the size of your circle. It's about the loyalty that's in it. In a world that focuses so much on likes, shares, and followers, it's easy to fall for the trap of focusing on quantity. So many people are in constant search for chasing numbers and seeking validation from as many people as possible in so many aspects of life. Our society has said that it's important to have lots of friends, real and virtual, more stuff, more, more, lots, lots. You get the point. It's a vicious cycle that focuses on quantity instead of quality. And before we go any further, I want you to do a little reflection as the answers to these questions will be something for us to think about as we go further today. If I was to ask you how many best friends you have, what would your answer be? When I was growing up, your best friend was a person. It was your person. Nowadays, it seems like people have dozens of best friends, which probably actually should be called better friends since it's more than one. Okay, next question. Between Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and any other social media you're on, how many friends and followers do you have? And out of those people, how many do you actually know? And how many of them have you never met before? I've learned in my life, especially in the past few years, just how much relationships matter. And with that, both the quantity and quality of your relationships have a huge impact on your life. You can have a successful career, lots of money, good health. But if you don't have supportive and meaningful relationships, your life will be missing something. So that being said, how do your closest relationships impact your success and your happiness in life. Well, this is where the idea of the circle comes into play. I want you to, for a minute, visualize three circles nested inside each other. So there's a very small circle, one slightly larger around the outside, and then a slightly larger one around the outside of that. That center circle is reserved for your soulmate, or the one or two people who you would literally share every detail of your life with. If you're married, it could be your spouse, it should be your spouse, assuming you feel your spouse goes in there. And you may choose to include one or two other people if they literally know every single thing about you and you hide nothing from them. So let's move to the next circle. The people that go in this circle would be your immediate family, like parents, siblings, children, and anyone else who you would consider to be so close that they're like immediate family 
that you would literally trust them with everything. In the next ring goes those who you'd consider friends, co-workers, those you regularly associate with, family members maybe who aren't immediate family members, but anybody you share details of life with and life events with, but you don't consider to be part of your inner circles. So let's move outside of the largest circle. Out there goes anyone you consider to be an acquaintance. People you interact with on a daily basis, maybe due to work or because you have to, but that you don't really consider to be friends. Now, I've seen this exercise done with four, five, six, ten circles, but let's be honest. What really matters are those two inner circles. So let's revisit them, and I'll challenge you with this question. Who are the people you consider to be so close you share many, if not all, of life's intimate details with? Who are the people you trust with just about anything in your life? Pastor and author A.W. Tozier penned what he called the seven rules for self-discovery long before self-help sections ever existed in bookstores. The seven things listed in this document are for the reader to take a self-inventory and to do a self-evaluation of many components in their lives. The list include things like what we want the most, how we use our money, and who and what we admire. But it's number five on the list that I think truly has an effect on all of the other things in the list, and it's this, the company we enjoy. And though I've shared a lot of things for reflection so far, here's where it might get a little difficult, and I might be a little bit blunt and may even strike a nerve, because what I'm about to share was and is me, my story. And I'm sure it's yours as well. I have the privilege of being a part of many different organizations, many different social circles, work connections, etc. And in some of those settings, I hold responsibilities and share responsibilities to discuss and measure progress and challenges. What that does is creates accountability to try to keep the organization running smoothly and reach its goals, sort of like an advisory board. And whether we all realize it or not, we have the same type of advisory board in each of our lives. That is our inner circle. Whether it's the very smallest of your circles or the smallest two, how have these people made their way this far into your circle? Have you allowed people to force their way in? Have there been conversations and actions that they just feel like they're supposed to be there and you've allowed it to continue? Or maybe they're related to you so you feel like you have to? Or are those people truly meant to be there? I'll ask it this way. Do you realize that people in your inner circle are defining your life? Who are you spending time with? Who are the people that you're hanging out with? Who are the people you're discussing your life, your dreams, your goals, your passions with? The people you surround yourself with the most work a lot like moldy fruit. If you put a piece of moldy fruit next to a good piece of fruit, that good piece of fruit's going to get moldy a whole lot faster because of its environment and what's around it. I heard it said this way once. If you run around with nine broke people, you'll be number 10 before too long. I want you to look at the last 10 people you've called or exchanged text messages with. Are any of them trying to change the world? Are there people you're proud to call your closest friends? You can answer yes to that if you know you can tell them good news and they'll celebrate with you. 
you can answer yes to that if those people will hold you accountable, will challenge you, and won't let you off the hook, and really won't accept anything but the best from you. You can answer yes to that if those people are seeking their life's calling and doing all they can to better themselves and those around them. And if you're not sure if you're allowing the majority of your time to be with the right people, answer these questions. What do you talk about? Do you focus and dwell on the past, or do you look towards the future? What do you want to do with your life? Believe it or not, the answers to those questions are most often directly influenced by your closest company. Eleanor Roosevelt once said this, Great minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events. Small minds discuss people. How many of you out there have what you would call fair-weather friends? You know, those people who seem to betray your trust or fail to fulfill an obligation more than they are really there for you. With number five in his list, the company we enjoy, I think Tozer's really challenging us to identify who we really are. I'm sure you've heard the old saying, you are the company you keep. So, who are you really? If you want to discover who you really are, You are the company you keep. Your closest circle of friends is an indication of who you are, but perhaps more importantly, who you're becoming. A wise man once said to me, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Well, in fact, it could be said, show me your five best friends and I'll show you the next five years of your life. Sometimes we allow people and relationships in our lives because we're afraid of hurting feelings. We're afraid of letting go of friendships just because we've been friends for so long, even if they're toxic. We're afraid of family members becoming distant because, I mean, they're family members. Well, the truth is, you can't change what you fail to confront. Hard decisions now lead you to better decisions later. I want to say that again. Hard decisions now lead you to better decisions later. I'm fully convinced that God puts people in our lives for a reason and puts people in our lives for a season. What's important and perhaps the most difficult realization is to recognize when the season is over. Too many times I fear we crave validation and familiarity and drag things and people from one season to another. Think of it like putting bags of snow in your freezer when spring comes because you want to hold on to that warm, fuzzy feeling of a chilly winter day when you're all snuggled up and the snow reminds you of that. It sounds kind of crazy, doesn't it? Rollo May once said this, The opposite of courage in our society is not cowardness, it's conformity. We want to fit in with those around us, so we will fail to allow ourselves to change because we in reality, don't have the guts. For some of us, and this is a hard pill for me to swallow, we need to stop and realize that every time we step out, try to get ahead, we end up staying right where we are because we just don't have what it takes to finish. And I'm not talking about educational background or strength or resources. I'm talking about character. And most of the time, it's because we allow the character we choose to have in our company to stall our dreams, to hold back our growth and hinder our participation in God's destiny for us. To get rid of poor character 
Sometimes you have to get rid of poor company. Think of it like a yoke that ox use to pull large loads. The yoke goes on two oxen, and when you use it, you put two strong ox together to help share the load. You would never put a strong ox with a weak ox, because if you did, they wouldn't really see any progress, and they couldn't go in a straight line, and they'd have to work many times harder to accomplish the same task. They'd probably zigzag, or maybe even go in a full circle. And many times, they may end up right back in the exact same place. A strong ox will just pull a weak ox along, and the weak ox will affect what the strong one can do, and not in a positive way. Now, please don't misinterpret what I'm saying here. I'm not saying that strong, healthy people can't be good influences on someone who needs them. It's true that that type of shepherding is necessary for growth in many lives. But how many of us who are in a position of strength, of growing, of moving forward, allow ourselves to be tied to, held back, and spin in circles with those who hold us back. None of us would say out loud that we want to be the victim. We want to be victors. We need to surround ourselves with people who will speak to our futures. Too often we fill our calendars and our events with people who, to be honest, encourage us to be a victim of circumstance. As a teacher of 24 years, it's true that I'm probably not going to be the first choice of another school district if I ever looked for a new job. I'd be way more expensive than a first-year teacher and probably expect a lot more since I've been teaching so long. But where the difference lies is in these two mentalities. Choice one, you're stuck here now until you retire. Or choice two, if you believe God has something more in store for you, keep pursuing it. What kind of mentality do you allow yourself to take? And the truth is, we attract who we are and what we think. We don't need people to enable negativity and apathy in our lives. We need people to empower us, to enable us to believe that we can and will be more. And while it's hard for us to feel like it sometimes, we should never allow ourselves to hesitate being around stronger people. We need people that will grow us and stretch us. When we're comfortable staying where we are and don't allow ourselves to move, we'll figuratively and literally be stuck. As we get older, we become mature enough to understand the difference between bad people and good people, the difference between strong people and weak people, the difference between people who are going somewhere and those who are stuck in a rut. It's not hard to identify them. Where we have difficulty is being honest with ourselves about whether or not those people deserve, and yes, I said deserve, a place in our lives. Proverbs 13.20 says this in the Amplified Version. He who walks as a companion with wise men will be wise, but the companions of conceited, dull-witted fools are fools themselves and will experience harm. Life is built on relationships. When Jesus died, he wasn't just restoring our vertical relationship with the Father. He was restoring our horizontal relationships with each other. God has a plan for each and every one of us. And you, my friend, are a world changer. Whether you're young or old or somewhere in between, God has a big plan for your life. 
Will you allow those around you to derail you from that path or affect your ability to fulfill your God-given destiny? It's all about your circle. Having the right people in your life comes down to a decision. It's a decision not just for yourself and your future, but those around you. And it's not an easy one to make. But God didn't call you to be a prisoner to relationships and friendships that are holding you back and taking you in the wrong direction. It's time for us to be intentional about those closest to us. It's time for us to be intentional about who's in our inner circle. It's time for us to be intentional about the size of our circle. As always, friends, I really do appreciate you taking time to listen. We'll see you back here next time. We'll have more for you on Cube.